This Business Podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. What happens when your business comes under attack? Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on ways to prevent attacks and to succeed despite them. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. John and I are masterminding on uh, on something today that I think you might find very interesting, and it's about protecting your business. Now, something happened over the weekend. It was a Zoom bombing, Zoom bombing event, and if you've never heard of Zoom bombing, it's where somebody basically tries to, you know, get in and hack your, your Zoom event. And, you know, it just kind of, it got me thinking that we should mastermind on, you know, protect, what do you do to protect your business when somebody is trying to get in? Not just from a hack standpoint, from a cyber, uh, cyber standpoint, but there are so many different ways to take your business model and steal it, to take your idea and steal it to take your energy and steal it, right? And we, we start thinking about this, John, that's a big deal, man. You could think that you've got this beautiful uh, business model. It is, you, you believe you've got some customers out there just waiting for you. And next thing you know, somebody comes along and says, hey, thank you for showing us how to do that. We're gonna start doing it too. Absolutely. Can you see that ruining business? Now we we know what they call that when it's a big company and an upstart happens, right? They unwrap your business model. Mm-hmm. But what if you're just starting out and you got this energy and somebody comes along and goes, Oh wow, thank you for that example. I'm gonna take it for myself. So what what's trademarkable? Um, you should consider trademarking. And the same thing with patenting as well. If it's something that is patentable, that uh, you've you've invented or whatever, making sure that you're taking the steps to protect yourself legally and your and whatever it is that that your business model is. But this this even goes further than that in this age of of the information age or yeah. or however computing age reputation as well mm-hmm. i mean pretty much anybody can put online anything they want about you yeah and your business um, Ooh, that, and that, your business that, yeah that brings something to mind yeah you're you're trying to get out there and do the hump humpity hump and somebody starts saying hey your products are hurting people mm-hmm. right i remember i was watching a show uh and it was about tesla and edison Right back in the day, you know, Tesla had worked for Edison. You know, Edison was the the man as it relates to all kind of different businesses, and they were basically saying that that Edison's inventions were killing people because of the electricity, mm-hmm. right? And it was, I think, at the time, direct current versus alternating current. Yep. And Tesla actually had a he left Edison because Edison was pretty much suppressing his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tesla went on and I, I believe it was Westinghouse that backed Tesla. Um, but there was just too much money and influence behind Edison's plan. And when they got cities to buy into it, it was hard. It was hard to have two different competing systems, power systems. Mm-hmm. So in, it ended up Tesla ended up losing um, the battle. But it, it goes to show you that the, the best idea doesn't always win. And Edison was notorious for this. Um, yeah, even, for, for stealing, for copycatting. Yes, absolutely. In any heirs of Edison, we, we apologize, but you're right. So imagine this now, right? Here it is, 2021. And somebody is looking at your business model. Somebody's just waiting in the wings for your business to come out. Now, another thing I've heard of, John, and we should probably, you know, rock, uh, uh, put this out there, is I've heard of people, you come up with an idea and then you get maybe, let's say a patent here in the United States, but you don't get it internationally. Yep. 
and you see so, your stuff somewhere else. And 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 uh, this is prevalent in parts of Asia. And China is is one of the big areas because there there isn't that. Uh, that's why there there isn't that restriction that that trademark restriction right. where right. individuals can't uh, reproduce the the Nike symbol or or any other famous uh, brand. And I remember. Um, when I was when I was in Southeast Asia, seeing this all over the place, and it, it confused me because because at first I thought it was legitimate, and I'm like, why is this stuff so cheap? Because I'm you know I could get this stuff at a fraction of the cost mm -hmm. that I could in the United States, and then I come to find out that these were individuals that that were copycats. They were copying um, these major brands, and. That is that's also prevalent in the United States, and um, I have a brother who's a brother-in-law who's a, a, a federal attorney, and a lot of illegal activities are funded through mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, so when individuals they they bring they import that stuff to the United States and they sell it underground or however whatever you call it. Um, a lot of that money is used for nefarious purposes. Sure. Yeah. And and so when we start thinking about, all right, you got some, uh, again, some startup, right? <clears throat> just trying to make several hundred thousand dollars a year or just trying to replace their job income. How much should they worry about this? I mean, keep in mind that patents cost money and they cost time. Um, and even getting something copy, you know, a copyright outside of just, you know, creating a, a story or something like that, that costs money, at least 300 bucks, you know, to get a, a little trademark on some things, right. Or, or a, a SM and you get your provisionals and all that kind of stuff, you know, to kind of protect yourself. And it's, it, it almost as if it's almost as if the gate is so high that entrepreneurs are just faced with so many things that are trying to keep them out that many of them just go, you know what? This is too much work. I got to now think about Zoom trollers, copycatters, audience stealers, patent skimmers, ideas. I got to think about all that stuff. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to get out there and try to put an idea that might get stolen? And you have so much fear, right? I know I, I see that when I have students come in and um, one of the big things they think about all the time is, I don't wanna say much about my idea because I don't want it to get stolen, right? Now, in certain cases, I get that, but there's also the other side of that, right? And this is what we should really you know, get into is, how do you continually innovate out of that idea, out of that situation, right? And, and what's coming to mind is the book, um, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, or Blue Ocean Shift, this book right here, Blue Ocean Shift, in fact, they talk about that, Blue Ocean Shift. So you got Blue Ocean, right, the original book, but this one is talking about going beyond competition, mm. right? And they talk about, hey, you have to be in a situation that you're constantly innovating. You're not worrying about competition. You're worrying about innovation. You're constantly iterating. You see what I mean? And it's, it also brings to mind what Amazon says. Hey, listen, if you've got a high margin, we're coming into that market because you've just given us an opportunity to enter into that thing and then make some noise, product-wise, whatever, right? So they could be the ultimate copycatters. Right? But at the same time, who are you serving in what you're doing and how do they benefit? You see what I mean? Yep. Structuring your business in a way. So here's one of the tips, everybody. You got structuring your business in a way that it is in your innovation that keeps you ahead of competition, ahead of the trollers, right? How are you nimble and quick enough that you can rapidly iterate your business? That becomes some of the, and you got to bake that in. It's something that John, when we were, uh, as we are, rolling out an idea, right? Last week we talked about, hey, watch us create something from scratch, business from scratch. And then some of the things you start thinking about as you roll that next step. One of the main things I says that we have to do is introduce right into the business model, the ability to scale. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I meant by that, of course. Well, you know what I meant by that. But if, if you're listening into this on YouTube, then it is building right into your model the the idea that you wouldn't need a whole bunch of inputs, you won't have a whole bunch of people, you won't have a whole bunch of expenses, costs, all that kind of stuff, that you can build it in an automated fashion, a company and or idea that can scale and that can rapidly grow without you having to put all these darn inputs. That's what slows companies down and it'll ruin you. You get a whole bunch of people that buy your stuff, Next thing you know, you got to assemble a whole bunch of people, right? You can't assemble the right people. Next thing you know, you got a failure waiting to happen. Whereas if you build in these automations, hey, this is totally offline. All calls don't go through our center. It goes through another center, uh, you know, call center to answer your questions. Or it goes to a community, whether it's on Facebook or whatever, that'll help answer your questions. You know what I mean? They are your customer service to a degree. Those are the kind of businesses that'll scale quickly because it doesn't require you to hire a lot of people and have all of these different systems that cost a lot of money to make something happen. And and, uh, believe it or not, organizations have been doing this for forever In in a different sense, not in the virtual world, but subcontractors. So you look at a major television, cable company, and they hire subcontractors to work for their their company, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you know install some of it. So when times are slow, they could lay those. They could they could you know the contracts are null and void, and so on and so forth. Auto auto, um, not dealerships, but uh, factories. Uh, for GM, they have they have all these little companies that they subcontract different parts and things to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not making everything in house, and so when something slows down, when a, a, a vehicle isn't isn't uh, being produced or received the way that they, you know, they're not taking all the hit. Some of the hit is going to their subcontractors as well, um, and it's. It's that same thing that we have to look at when we're making this business model. Am I going to be sitting, if, if I set up some subscription type of program and I have a physical product, am I going to be sitting on thousands or hundreds of thousands of pieces right. of inventory right. um, that I'm not able to, to get out and that you know, has an expiration date potentially? Yeah, um, yeah. So those are all things that that we need to to consider. And you're really good at this, Randy, because you use technology, you use that that digital space um, instead of the 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 physical formats of mm-hmm. like books and and whatnot uh, to be able to to take your information to the next level. Yeah. So in in those types of situations, you wouldn't feel it as much as. Uh, Barnes and Noble felt it when right. Amazon exactly. came into the picture. Right, right. And they're saying, hey, listen, we've got a better system. And this is what we, at the top of the hour when we had talked about um, the approach, the red team, blue team approach, right? And we may have talked about this in one of our other uh, podcasts, um, the red team, blue team approach, right? And which is coming from the military. It's like the red team has one job and the one job, they don't think about defense and you could decide on what what that looks like if it's going to be all defense or all, or all, all offense blue could be offense and if you're setting up your situation or company even if you're a one person bang right and this is what this is where you kind of get a mastermind group of people around you um and you give them permission hey red team that if you decide the red team is all defense here's the idea crush it mm-hmm. oftentimes entrepreneurs won't do that i can't tell you how many t- and because it's it hits your heart. You came up with this ideal in the middle of the night and you thought it was, you know, better than the best thing since sliced bread or whatever. And you really don't want to hear the naysayer, the negative Nellies or whatever. But when you give permission to mm-hmm. poke holes in an idea, that's where the other persons that you've decided to assemble around you can then give you that kind of constructive criticism 
but they're doing it without having to worry about your feelings because you've given them permission, right? So with your idea, it might really be a good idea to build that right in, your red team, blue team, all right? You come up with an idea, you send it to five people and say, don't tell me anything about how good you believe it is. All I want to know is poke holes in it. Where are the problems? Why does it stink? Why won't it work? Right. And it would be good to have a couple of negative people that you know that are naysayers. And if you can't defend those with some kind of reasonable, okay, um, I would do this if this happens. You see what I mean? If you can't defend it, then you really need to go back to the drawing board because here's what happens, John. You put it out there into um, you put it out there into the marketplace, and you got competition doing that to you. Mm -hmm. Again, that's when they come in and start stealing the ideas and saying, "Hey, wait a minute! Here's a hole in here. Uh, here's something that we can exploit. Here's something that we can kind of you know steal from, if you will." But if you've done a little bit of this beforehand. You know, and taking the air rolls and hone the idea in a way you don't have to make it perfect. But what you do have to do is make it perfectly protected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Wrap it with some kind of hey, And then that way, when something happens, you're pinging off of it. Oh, I saw that. I knew that was going to come because, you know, somebody in my group or somebody that I, I put it out there to that I you know, know, like and trust. They told me here's a hole and. I, I was ready to fill it, mm -hmm. right? Ready to fill it with a new action, a new patch or whatever it is, right? And that's that rapid iteration. That's that minimum viable product, you know, idea, put something out there, let society tell you what's wrong with it. Let your competition try to take it so that you can iterate and do it quickly, right? I'll give you an example of this, something that happened this weekend. I was talking to a guy uh, the other day and he says, hey, you know, my business has a huge profit margin, right? Because, you know, when somebody throws a number out there to me, the first thing I say, hey, you know, I'm going to make X amount of dollars in my business. You know, the first thing I'm thinking about, John, is, okay, what's your profit margin and against what costs? I don't want to hear the superlatives. We're, we're, we're poised to make X amount of dollars because that don't impress me. Well, it, depending on the kind of business you have, what does the input also mean, right? In other words, wait a minute. If your business is going to do X amount of dollars, how much is it going to take to do that business, right? And they say, well, my profit margins are high. Okay, all right. So let's think about something else. How can you take out some of the things? This is, I, I responded to him. I says, how can you think about your product and your project in a non-linear sense, right? In other words, can we think about how we can add things to this product that could get me not to just X amount of dollars per year, but to 10X that mm -hmm. without, uh, by reducing out expenses, by reducing out all the inputs that's gonna be involved in that, right? In other words, the cost of goods sold, the cost of doing business, however you wanna say it. This is what oftentimes people don't, don't um, account for now you got to go fulfill <laughs> and fulfilling means you got to assemble all these these team members and all that kind of stuff but what can you from that idea use to 10x that idea that's what i'm constantly thinking about when i'm working with businesses or whatever then i, I start saying okay let's look at this from a different standpoint you're going to do this but let's look over here and see how we can 10x that right? Using something that allows it to scale much better than what you are currently doing. Now go do the business, of course, but always be thinking about how you can extend it 10x wise without having to go and say, well, I'm gonna go get 10 times more of that kind of business. Because that just, you know, it, it becomes circular and it just doesn't work out, right? So what else could I do? What could I, how can I make money from making money? How can I look at that and go, is there something I can create off of that? Let me give you an example. Can I create a, a system, a process, a course, a something like that from doing this business? Hey, I went and got my you know millions of dollars, but then I created a way for you to get millions of dollars and maybe I can sell that as a system. You see what I mean? That's the leverageability part. 
No more extra inputs is from doing your business already, but now you're taking a piece of that and going, how can I systematize that? And can I now, wait a minute, if I can see this system, this style, this approach, and I can, in essence, bottle it, could I now sell those bottles? Absolutely you can. Now that's 10X in your business. That's, you know, so what does that take, John? That takes right when you're starting, how did we start this? What are the and things, this, steps we did, systems we put in place? And this even goes back further to when you're looking at, hey, if I'm if I'm actually making a physical physical product, for example, in the late '90s, early 2000, um, Sega Genesis uh, mm. was competing with PlayStation, and Sega was more popular. Uh-huh. Um, they were outselling PlayStation, but it costs more money to make the Sega because they were putting four microprocessors in it. So their mm-hmm. margins were really, you know, really low. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas PlayStation had one microprocessor. And so they were making more money off of each sale, even though they weren't selling as many as Sega right. was. Right, right. So imagine. So even, yeah, even, so we have to even look at that when you're looking at costs. And, and here's another thing as well. You got to look at R&D. So pharmaceutical companies, um, I think it's still prevalent that they have their patent for 13 years before a before generic drug maker generic, can make yeah. it. Yeah. And that's because they could spend years and years and years on research and development and put in millions and millions of dollars. So it's not from the, it's not when you start producing and selling to the public. But you have to go back and figure out, hey, what was my cost to even develop that in the first place? Right. Yeah. That's oh, that's such a, a big thing now because as we notice with the and what's going to come out of this is whole new business models, right? If you notice, and I'm not suggesting that we're in this space and know a lot about this, but we know a lot about business, so you can see the modeling here, right? So when the vaccine for you know COVID vaccine when it was produced, it was a computer modeling approach oh and it was short time framed so somebody had to take a novel approach into the creation of that virus or of that vaccine in a whole different way using maybe the rna approach right it's like what rna somebody was like rna yeah we're taking this approach into whereas you know we can we can you know wrap it in some fat molecules and it like sneaks in behind the immune system and gets to the problem, right? Because typically the immune system jumps on anything that comes into it and goes foreign, kill it before it even gets to the healing part. Well, of course we see that there could be some problems with that because it's sneaking past your immune system. Well, you know, you could put bad things in there and that sneaks past and then, you you know, we, we come up with a different situation. But what they did was a whole bunch of you know, uh, computer modeling that went into the creation of this. So now what that has done now is that's taking, that's taking these pharmaceutical companies and giving them a whole different approach. So now you may not have to put in millions and millions and millions of dollars, billions in certain cases, right? To develop something, you could develop it fast. Now, what does that do? So then from the patenting standpoint, so maybe you wouldn't need a 13-year patent now. You see what I mean? So now what does that do? So if you're the kind of company you're out there saying, you know, because of the way they built it, they don't need the same kind of protections because they didn't put millions and millions. So that argument goes away. So maybe you're starting a company and all you do, and I think there's companies out there that do that, that look at what's being done. And they go, we can do it in a whole different way. We can rapidly prototype this thing and produce it based on what their ideation is, but they can't patent it in the same way because they don't have the same argument, mm-hmm. right? So now that becomes an opportunity. Right, Ari, this is the kind of stuff that you think about all the, at least I think about all the time. As well, Yeah, and Henry, think about Henry Ford when he was building Ford and scaling that. He, he wasn't the first car company either, was he? He was not. They, I mean, there were other car companies out there. A lot of them. What he did was he set up an assembly line so there was focus. 
made the process smarter and there wasn't any um ancillary you know i couldn't change the color of the car i couldn't have a red car it was only it only came in black right um so he he made it streamlined this process so it it wasn't taking the time frame or it didn't have the costs associated with that as some of the other car companies during that time yeah yeah and business owners out there right now think about what we're talking about here is that you also have to not only look at things that way but look at who could be doing that to your business you see, now that's the key part. We're, we're saying, well, I'm going to be that innovative business, but you got somebody that's trying to innovate on your innovation because sometimes they say, you know what? We don't really need a huge profit margin. We just need an in. So you could be the in and they say, hey, we'll be fine with making pennies because what we want to do is get our, our, our process, our foothold and how we do and what we do uh, into the marketplace, into some recognition. And then they say, well, we'll figure it out on how to monetize some of the back end stuff, right? And that becomes a danger to your business. So what we're suggesting here is that model some of this stuff out, put it in, red team, blue team it, you know, think uh, like we said, think like a Zoom bomber. They're trying to get in and, and put in there whatever, on somebody riding on somebody else's coattails, right? In other words, riding on somebody else's link <laughs> to get in there and you know be silly or be disruptive or be mean or whatever it is. But there's a lesson in that. There's a lesson in that and that you have to do what you can to protect yourself, right? Still be fearless in your desire to get out there into the marketplace and compete and to try to earn a nice living. But what we're suggesting also is that putting in some, some things that help you scale your business and make you really, really flexible, right? Then you're not the big ship with all these people or you're not the big ship with all this process. You're not the big ship with all this space. That's another thing that, that companies are learning too post COVID. I don't need all that space. Mm-hmm. I can get the same kind of production out of somebody at home. Are you kidding me right now? And I never had to bring them into the office so I don't have to pay $40 million in rent. You see, now if you're on the commercial real estate side of this, you should be scared. Or you should be thinking, what can I now do with this space? And I know in New York, they're turning some of that commercial space into housing because they were, they have a housing shortage. Um, so we always have to be nimble and think of, hey, what else is it possible to use the resources that I have for? Um, so even even going into to COVID and the various things like that, um, you, you had companies, textile companies who were like, well, uh, Fashion isn't going to be a huge thing right now, but people are going to need masks. So you you saw the production of masks and mm-hmm. and hospital garments and and those types of things. Uh, um, hospital um, the robe the whatever robes or whatever they were running out of them. So right. uh, other companies could come along and and make some of those as well. Use the resources that they've already have invested in. And uh, just just change it a little bit, and we have to be looking at that constantly. And I call it the repurposing. I did a, a, a on my YouTube channel. I did a uh, a whole video on repurposing, right? And I mean, there's so many different things. And I just use a couple examples from my own life on how I was going to take some material and repurpose it, mm-hmm. right? And when you start thinking about, well, how can I repurpose it? that becomes the opportunity for you to think about what processes that you have in place right now, your business, what is it that you're getting ready to do? How do you make that? You know what I mean? You, you probably, you could end up selling more on selling people on the process, on the system, on the style. You see what I mean? I I see it a lot when you've got um, people that have built a lot of courses and I built a lot of courses, right? So now I can teach people how to build a course fast. So you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
So you may not be making a lot of money from your courses. You're making money from teaching people how to build a course. Yep. Because you have systematized something, right? I can show somebody how to do a pot. I did one, uh, John, I did one uh, video on how to get your podcast up and going in 30 minutes. And somebody's like, oh man, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay, I want to see that, right? And that thing got, I don't know how many views. So, but that's a part of it, right? Your business, therefore, is it's, it's not only designed to go out there and create a customer like Peter Drucker talked about, but it's also a opportunity for you to look at it and see it for the gold mine it is, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about this in some of the other podcasts. What more can your business be, right? And this is something that I shout out to this, this guy. Uh, he's not a client yet, but uh, I, I wanted to help him out. Right. And I says, hey, look, okay, well, let's look at what you're doing and thinking about your project, of course, in a nonlinear sense. Right. And I'm looking at my notes here uh, that I sent to him. I says, how can you 10x what you're going to be making? And then I says, given the constraints of time, people, equipment and fulfillment. So if your constraints right now is you get a project and it is there's time, there's people, there's equipment and then there's a fulfillment. Well, those are all costs, 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 right? And then I says, well, hey, here's an idea. Why not collect four or five wild ideas that are associated with this and then call me up and then we'll figure out how to put it all together. (laughs) But within what you do is the other opportunity for your business within what you do. Restauranting. Let's take one of the lowest margin businesses ever, Mm -hmm. right? restauranting and we love to you know jump on restaurants because we understand that there's a lot of associated costs but then people always want to start one how you buy your food have you developed a system that's maybe getting you four to five uh, uh, percentage points off cost let's teach that let's show that let's package that you see what i mean where do you get your liquor from Oh, well, uh, you know, I got this. Well, okay, could you band together with some other people and everybody gets a lower price? What's that system look like? You, you see, now you're taking a very low margin business, right? And you are systematizing it. In your kitchen, what is your McDonald's way? Right? Or is it just all these individual people, sous chefs, chefs, and all that kind of stuff doing all these things? Or have you, uh, Henry Forded it and made an assembly line approach? You see what I mean? Okay, you know that is helping your restaurant, but could that be packaged? The five-star way. I mean, so so many different things. So many different things. And you even look at it from the standpoint of, hey, I'm a cottage industry. I'm I'm doing this from home, part-time basis, and I'm gonna bake cookies. Well, I'm going to the grocery store to buy the ingredients. First mistake. You're paying retail for something that you could get wholesale. So you're losing margin on that. We have to come up with more inventive ways instead of going and buying something off the shelf at an already inflated price. Right, right. And we, we do this within our business and we should be looking at other options. What are some wholesale options to that where I can increase my margin? Right. And this, so when we're, Again, everybody, when you, if you're just coming into this, we're talking about how to protect your business from the attacks on it, right? And we use an example that we had heard something that happened uh, to John in a, in a Zoom bombing situation. Somebody came in and, you know, Zoom bomb. You know, sometimes these things are just devastating because they're new to you. It hasn't happened before. And you're like, I can't believe people are like this. But then it, it sparks a thought that, hmm, Right. Well, let's metaphor that and let's take that and say, if somebody was Zoom bombing my business and all they want to do is steal from it. So if you're just coming in and you're hearing this, this is what we're working out. And we're saying, well, here are some things you could do. You could develop a red blue team, somebody that that at the beginning of your business modeling, they they come in and they just try to destroy it. Right. And then you got to come up with an answer to that. And at the same time, produce. Don't get so caught in your head and your heart's all hurt because they took your ideal and shredded it. 
if you can't answer that idea, well, maybe it's not ready for the marketplace because competition is going to be sitting there trying to do the same thing, right? So now once you do that, then you're looking at your business and saying, you know what, here's my process, but what more can this thing be? This one's getting me three to four to five to 6% margin. But if I could sell the process, maybe that could be a, a new line of business that then increases the overall margins up. Can I reduce out some of the inputs that are just crushing my, uh, my cost, a cost of goods sold, right? And create these systems immediately that allow it to scale, uh, you know, um, and I apologize for using these kind of words, but exponentially, right? That allows it to do that kind of stuff. So you're saying, and this is what I'm suggesting, you're looking at it, and John, we do this when we're, we're coming up with this idea uh, and we're saying, okay, here's some things that could affect it. Oh, wow, maybe the name over there could get kind of, people didn't think about that, but then I could see, wait a minute, I could get a, a cease and desist letter from them, right? Somebody saying, hey, that's our name, it's too close or whatever. So at least McDonald's. You, 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 yeah, McDonald's, right? Versus McDonald's, <laughs> right? Coming to America is coming out again, coming to America too. So that's something to think about, right? So these are some of the, the things that, listen, you start off with that, right? Believing that this is going to be attacked. It's going to be Zoom bombed, if you will. What do I need to do and still stay upright enough, right? And enthused enough about your idea to put the energy behind it, right? And then now you got to get it out there and test. Now, John, you hear me say that all the time. When John comes up with an idea, says, let's test it, right? Some entrepreneurs don't like to hear that because it's like, oh man, test again, yes. Because we don't know. We just had it in our head, in the shower, that it would be a good idea. And until we test it, till people get out there and the customers go, I don't want this. I'm, I'm already satisfying this desire over there. And you're like, darn it but you don't want to put thousands of dollars into it. You want to put 10 <laughs> or hundred. One of the things that I do, John, personally, is I'll, I'll build a very quick landing page for pennies, mm -hmm. start driving some traffic to it and see if anybody bites. And I can tell you, I've had some things that it was like crickets. It's like, I'm not going for that idea. All right, now you got to bring your idea back in, look at it and go, okay, where did it potentially break down? When they went to the landing page, they didn't like that. Maybe they saw my face and they didn't like me. Who knows? Hmm. Then maybe I got the wrong audience. Perhaps I need to put it in front of an audience that's more friendly. You see all these things that now putting something out there quickly and fast allows you to do. Or they go, hey, what do you like about this idea? Or what don't you like about this idea? And they go, well, isn't this kind of like such and such? And I'm already using that. Isn't this like Clubhouse? Because we're already using that. You know what I mean? Clubhouse ain't new. Clubhouse itself is new, but the ideal is not. They used to call those forums. Then <laughs> <Right? laughs> somebody says, well, let's put audio to it. Yes. That way nobody has to write anything. They can just come in and talk. Now people are going, I can talk. Create a whole cottage industry. Create something that's getting ready to um, become a unicorn business. All because they looked at something that was already there and says, what more could it be, right? Your business now, young entrepreneur, older entrepreneur, and I say older as in terms of business, your business is a gold mind, gold mind. I keep saying, you know, mastermind, gold mind. But you have to get in there and start digging and then asking the kind of questions that as you're pulling this rock out, uh, it may not be gold, but is it valuable? Mm -hmm. And who is it valuable for? Right? Dirt. Well, guess what? People need dirt. <laughs> and you just happen to be digging to get to something else and pushing dirt out the way. So then you say, what can I do with the dirt? You see, my point here is that I'm not going to, I'm going to give this to some people that's burying folks that, you know, or whatever. They need dirt. They need landscaping. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thinking. John, there was something that, that came up, man. I was reading about this quite recently. And somebody was talking about it was some kind of seaweed that's just, it was destroying this whole little area. And somebody figured out how to farm it. Hmm. 
you know, it was just, you know, because it was choking out oxygen-wise, th these areas, I can't remember the exact, but anyway, so somebody figured out how to farm it and then use it in energy production. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, something that per was pervasive, you know what I mean? It was an ecological disaster for this particular area. And I was just saying, oh no, we'll come in and grab that for you because we sell it over here for some kind of energy production. It's like, man, that's brilliant. I saw something yeah. in this uh, a YouTube video that was using some husks. Apparently these husks just get tossed out. Was it rice husk? Some kind of husk. And they were using it as insulation, mm. right? In an additive kind of ma manufacturing space they had this little, anyway. I mean, but it's like, were you, I wouldn't use husk because to me, that just seems like it would attract mice. I'm just saying. <laughs> mice go, oh my God, a house full of food. You're <laughs> like, why is my house cold? Well, the mice are, are happy. But anyways, but this becomes, um, you know, some of the things, man, that you get excited about and your business out there, everybody, you should be excited about when you're starting something and doing these simulations, if you will. Get excited about it. It's going to hurt your heart a little bit because your idea is going to get shredded but it will save you a lot of money and heartache when you can answer all that stuff. I don't know, John, that's just some of the ideas, man, that, that I want, you know, I thought we could mastermind on from an experience you, uh, you know, was on the other end of, right? Somebody Zoom bombing your event. I thought, gee, this is a good topic. So yeah, and what more can we share with our entrepreneurs? What else could they be doing out there? I think the most valuable thing um, to, to that that we talked about today was don't keep your idea to yourself. Yeah, that you need to even you know even if you think you're protecting it, you're not really protecting it because you're not giving it enough air to breathe. You don't mm -hmm. even know if this is a viable whatever you're you're planning on doing, service or product or or whatnot. Let individuals come in and poke holes into it. If your product or service is good enough, you're 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 going to be sustainable. You're going to be able to, to to operate. But if you're spending all these resources, time and energy and money, and your idea has a lot or product has a lot of flaws, um, then you know, you could be you could be in for a big surprise. So so surround yourself with good people and be willing to share some of those ideas yep. so that they yep. could give you feedback uh yep. real that's what you did true. recently yep with that email mm -hmm. right this here's the new idea this is what we're thinking about and i shot over a couple ideas to think about right and then you send it out to the other folks and says hey listen what are your thoughts on this right now this and this becomes what i really liked about what you had created was it again it becomes distribution Right. I mean, at its core is distribution. It's like, hey, I want to start this thing and I'd like your input in it. You know, we're kind of chicken soul for the, you know, chicken soup for the souling it, that approach. A whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of ideas, speak on this topic, boom. Now you got this, you know, mega million selling kind of thing. And that crowdsourced approach, in my opinion, is what's going to happen going forward. Right. Especially if everybody is sharing in the limelight, you see what I mean? So, hey, look, this is how we collectively grab these ideas and then be of service and benefit to X. Can we do it at a high level to where people go? I got to have that. Right. And that's the next phase of what we're creating without going too much in depth and you know, be rolling some stuff out here for, for testing. Right. First, we got to kind of go, OK, what can we create quickly? Boom. In a week. Right. And that's what I like to do. I say, John, what can we, okay, that's fine. There's an idea. What can we do that create something in a week that we can get out there and see if people say, I need, I want more of that. We go, oh yeah, well, well, we got this thing. Here it is. Right. They start absorbing and using, oh, I could use this in my business right now. And I like a couple of things that you had, you had created. It's like, that's a visual. I can imagine somebody sitting that up putting that, like I got papers all around to remind me of things, right? Oh, here's a service that I just bought, a software I just bought, make sure I use it. 
looking at it. Here's my apps. Oh, I forgot. That's right. That's right. I use that app. You see what I mean? Now imagine if they've got in what we're creating for them, that kind of visual that all they got to do is go over there and look at it and go, oh yeah, that's right. I got to remember that when I'm building my business. Right. And that's like I say, without being, you know, giving away too much of it, we're giving showing some of it enough to get people excited and have holes poked in. And then what you're doing is sending it around saying, hey, listen, drop some holes in this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can appreciate your open mindedness with regard to this, because if it's if it uh, and I'm going to say if when it rolls out, it becomes a wonderful distribution channel. And at the same time, a good platform to help other entrepreneurs. That's what I'm excited about. Absolutely. Guys, if you missed what I'm talking about, you missed last week's uh, Business from Scratch. Go back and check out Business from Scratch, that podcast where John and I are talking about building a business from scratch. And this is now is rolling into phase two of that approach, right? Now you get a chance to see, especially when you're working with a partner who is has a lot of ideas, John, right? And then another partner that has got ideas, Randy, right? And then how you contain and corral them so that you're not just ideating, but that you put it into an, an assembly line type of approach. Okay, John, let's do this next. Let's get this out for testing. Let's do this. And then get, you know, so the, before we get too excited, we go out there and see if we can excite customers. Right? Can we get partners that say, hey, I want to be a part of that? Because they see the distribution opportunity too. Yep. So anyway, that's what we wanted to share with you guys. We hope we hope you had some fun today. <laughs> blue red team, blue team, you know, uh, zoom bomb your own thing before somebody else in competition does it. All right, and share those ideas. Get them out there. See if it spreads. Right? There's protections to a degree. John, you know that. There's protections to a degree. You think you got a patent on that. Okay. Some other country goes, we don't recognize patents. And if you want it manufactured here, we're going to steal the idea. <laughs> How many Amazon-like? Alibaba is Amazon-like. They just took the idea and says, we're going to create that for ourselves. This is going to be by people that look like us. It's going to be by our, you know, using our approaches, our infrastructure, our workforce. And next thing you know, Alibaba is a just massive mega company. And then it said, then you start looking at the components of it. What does it do? Yeah, you could build whole businesses off of their platform. Well, isn't that like Amazon? Yeah, because people were being affiliates. People were saying, I got a whole storefront. I don't own no products. Same concept. Built up and probably siphoning off some of what Amazon does. Absolutely. But you have instances of that throughout. So you can't be afraid of that. Just got to roll with it. Continue to innovate. John, what else can we share with our entrepreneurs today? Don't let this be a barrier. Don't let this prevent you from taking your idea to the next level. Uh, because we can talk ourselves out of things yeah. very yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is information to have. This isn't information to discourage you. Uh, we, we are able to do things better when we have information. So this information isn't to say, hey, I, I don't think you should even try that because somebody else is going to steal the idea and take right. it from you anyway. No, that's not what we're saying at all. We're just saying, make sure that you're getting the right input, that you're connecting with the right people and you're taking the right steps. You're not doing this alone. That's right. Um, we're not, yeah, we want you to go forth and be successful. That's a good thing. And that's why the two business guys get together and mastermind and come up with these things and look at stuff and go, hey man, we need to talk about this. And then we, even for ourselves, we're practitioners as well. We do stuff, we build businesses. We fail sometimes and get out there and go, 
man, that stunk. <laughs> my heart, my feelings were hurt by that. And if you heard some of the other podcasts, you'll see when, you know, the, the moods of entrepreneurship, right? When you're high one day, cause you're like, this is awesome. And then you're low and it's like, oh my God, that was the worst idea ever. <laughs> and you hope that you haven't put thousands of dollars into it. Mm-hmm. And here's what this one last thing I want to leave you guys with is that there is no such thing as failure. And I, I heard this somewhere. This is not original for me, but I heard that it's just information. Yep. And if you could look at it like that, right? And this is what I do with some of the entrepreneurs that I work with is I say, everything's an experiment from this day forward. That takes the pressure off because in an experiment, guess what happens? You're experimenting. You're trying things. You're failing. It's supposed to. And you look at something and go, hey, that didn't work. That's next. And if you're looking at your business that way and that kind of approach, even if you have a business that is in a specific sector, experiment within it. Try different things. Not the new shiny thing syndrome where you you know don't have any dang focus, but you're just saying, okay, within this focus, I'm constantly innovating, constantly experimenting, and there is no such thing as failure. What information just came from that? I was in the wrong customer space. I was at the wrong time. I was at the wrong price point. I was at the all these different, the cover wasn't right, right? I can't tell you how many books I put out there that had the wrong covers. And then I end up going, that, that sucked, right? Bring it back in and recover it. And you see that with other books, right? It'll have the movie cover. It'll have the cover from three years ago. Now they got a new cover based on maybe some new information. That's the kind of iteration that you're constantly doing so that you can get your business out there and get a foothold and let it start speaking to you so you can get out there and go, oh, whoa, business just said more. I can be more. And you go out there and do that. We wish that for you today, everybody. We hope that you've had some, got some nuggets from this today. You brought your ax, you brought your shovel, and more importantly, you bought something to take home these ideas in. John, I appreciate us coming together today, man. We had some stuff on our heads and hearts and that zooming, Zoom bombing situation just you know, kind of made me mad. Mm-hmm. So we were able to give, I think, some ideas to our entrepreneurs today. All right, guys, we will talk to you on the next one. We'll see you then. And in the meantime, go out there and make some profits and have some fun. <laughs>